You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel. I'm Chad. And I'm Chris. And we are back to talk all things media. We got a packed show for you tonight. Lots of things to talk about. We're going to review How to Train Your Dragon 3. We're going to talk about our most anticipated movies of 2019. We're going to talk about some Spielberg Netflix showdown stuff that's going on. But first, before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, as always, follow us on social media. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. Like us on Facebook. Search the Screeners Podcast. You can even send us an email if that's your thing, uh, screenerscast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you guys are watching, what you guys think about what we're talking about, uh, especially this week. We want to hear what your most anticipated movies are, what you thought of uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. Lots to talk about, so follow us on social media. All right, with all that out of the way, we're going to dive right in to our first jump cut. Jump cut. Jump cut. Well, the 91st Academy Awards just wrapped up about a week and a half ago, and uh, Green Book won, but Roma got dangerously close to winning. Many people were uh, really hoping that Roma would take it. One person who was not excited for Roma to do well at the Oscars was Steven Spielberg. Spielberg has been pretty vocal recently about problems that he has with Netflix, problems with the theatrical experience uh, that he, he feels that they aren't preserving, that they're working to to tear down, in his opinion. So, in the, in the wake of Roma winning all his major Oscars, very nearly winning Best Picture, Spielberg has kind of renewed this battle that he has with Netflix. He has really started some trouble, at least according to the internet, and he is going to... Uh, <laughs> He is going to the next Academy Board of Governors meeting with some apparent rule proposals that would kind of hurt Netflix's chances at the Oscars. He believes that they are TV movies. They shouldn't qualify for the Oscars. They should qualify for the Emmys because they only maintain the the bare minimum qualifications to qualify for the Oscars. Just as a reminder, let me read uh, some, some of the rules for qualifying for the Oscars. Get off my lawn. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to go there. So, so the qualifications for uh, qualifying for the Oscars, you have to be feature length, so over over forty minutes. Uh, you have to have a uh, you have to air in theaters uh, by it's it has all these these qualifications for for the pixel ratio, the frame rate, all this different stuff. Very very in depth qualifications. It has to have paid admission in a commercial motion picture theater in Los Angeles County for a qualifying run of at least seven consecutive days during which period screenings must occur at least three times daily with at least one screening beginning between 6 and 10 p.m. daily. Basically, all that boils down to is you got to run for one week in L.A. That's essentially it. That's that's how you qualify for the Oscars. So Spielberg reportedly, this isn't confirmed, but he wants to apparently uh, change that to a four-week qualifying run so that people, so that you know, uh, you have to run in theaters before you air on Netflix or any different streaming service. Make it harder for them to kind of game the system and make sure that they're getting a good theatrical run. Uh, there are lots of sides to this issue. Uh, obviously, Netflix uh, it has a big foe in Spielberg. Uh, what do you guys think of this whole this whole battle, Chad? What do you What do you think? There are lots of different angles to this story. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows on this podcast, I am the old man of the show. That's true. Yes, it's a fact. And I'm just going to be honest. There are two sides to the Spielberg argument. One of which I'm firmly on Team Spielberg, and and here's here's what I mean by that. 
there's the argument that these are TV movies and they should only be up for Emmy Awards and they're less than films. That's patently ridiculous, okay? These movies are movies just like any of the other movies mm. and some of some magnificently wonderful films. Where I agree with Steven Spielberg, and I feel like I may be teamed up on with you two tonight, and that's fine, <laughs> but where I agree with him, I've made no secret in the past that I think that the theatrical movie-going experience is sacred. That said, that is not the, that's not the impetus of, of me agreeing with him. Where I agree with him is as it relates to winning an Academy Award. So take everything else off the table, because what we're really talking about right now is Academy Award eligibility. Mm -hmm. I am very much in the camp that says, look, if you want to release it on Netflix, do whatever you want to with it. If you want to release it day and date, all these things are fine. That in and of itself, I don't think, gives you a right to qualify for this one award. Every award should have the freedom to dictate the terms by which they give their awards. And in this case, the Academy, I think, is well within their right to say, listen, you do what you want to, but if you want the golden trophy, then we get to say these are the things that you have to do to get the golden trophy. I have no problem with that. Take the philosophical approach totally out of it because I don't think Spielberg has a leg to stand on in that case. These are certainly films, but I do think there is validity to saying, if you want this prize, here are the rules by which you can attain this prize, and if you would like to partake in that, fine, and if not, fine. So I'm kind of split right down the middle because I think he makes a good point just specifically through the lens of we're trying to win an Academy Award, and if you want to qualify, you got to play the game. All right, Chris, what so. do you think? Uh, I agree in Steve, with Steven Spielberg in that the rules should be changed and those ridiculous rules uh, should just be thrown out altogether. L.A. County, how stupid is this uh, that it has to be a week? It's so dumb. Uh, that's not the way movies are uh, made anymore, released anymore. Times have changed, folks. We've got to move on. And if the Academy Award is unwilling to do that and I, I think Steven Spielberg is way in the wrong here. I think they should just let the Oscars burn and die. And uh, we should have some other like actual like artistically sound way of celebrating film in all their different formats. Let the Oscars burn and wither and die. Let Steven Spielberg take him, you know, in the past with him. And let's do like whatever it is, like the the the, the digital film arts awards and that be the standard now um, and allow all these things. I, I think it's so silly to say you have to be in one county for one week uh, and show three screens at th this point in time. It's so dumb. That doesn't make any sense. That's not the world we're living in anymore. Move on. Let's celebrate film and art for what it is with that rather than what it has been for the last hundred plus years. It just seems it just seems silly. I think Daniel's heart died a little bit every time the words let the Oscars yes. burn and die came out of your mouth. Yeah. I'm just saying if the, I Oscars, shut here. if the Oscars aren't willing to, I think, go further in the way to acceptance of digital uh, releases of films, then they should die. That's what I'm that's that's my point is, is that if they're going to go further into the past where Spielberg wants them to go. It needs to be done. But if they're willing to move forward, then, yeah, maybe there's 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 a space for them. But I think as they're as they're proving that Oscars are more and more a marketing tool rather than mm. they are a a voice of actual artistic integrity. I think that last Oscars proves this. And so I believe that why not? Why just let them 
continue to say this is what art is that seems dumb why not mm. redefine it let's move Chris, on with the so, shots fired against yeah. the oscars daniel how are you going <laughs> to let him talk about your love like that so i am super super mixed on on this whole issue i think i think a lot of people are but i think i think in the pro spielberg column i agree i think uh, that the theatrical experience I, I disagree with chris i think the theatrical experience should be something that that is preser- preserved i think it is something well, that I didn't is say i did not say it shouldn't be preserved sir i just said if you're only releasing on netflix you should still be just as much uh, of, of of a possibility of winning an oscar as if you released in the theater sure that's no, what i I'm think saying. your exact words were if you <laughs> if you don't want to only go to netflix day and date so that my millennial brain can get the movie at the same time then you deserve to die i'm pretty <laughs> okay. sure that was, exact okay. quote was that oh, an exact quote, quote? okay by chris oh, farrell okay okay now i'm just saying both are valid and not yeah. one should define the other that's what i'm saying and so that therein lies my, my mixed feelings as well because I, I agree with what you're saying like i believe the theatrical experience is something that's valuable and should be preserved um, and I think it's a huge bummer that I've not been able to see a single Netflix film in theaters ever yet. Um, I think genuinely, I, I I liked Roma okay. I thought it was an only an okay movie. I genuinely believe with my whole heart that had I watched it in theaters, I would have liked it a lot more. Um, I was super distracted watching it at home. It's a super slow movie uh, in a, a language that I don't speak in black and white. So I was really distracted. Had I been able to see that in theaters, I, I really believe I would have liked it more. And so I think Netflix is uh, sometimes doing themselves a disservice by not releasing their films wide. Um, I understand why they aren't, but but I, I think it also does them a disservice. So in that way i am on spielberg's side i am also on spielberg's side like chris said i think these rules should change these rules are i don't know how long this specific rule was written but it's been a long time and so yeah absolutely i think there's no problem with updating the rules changing the rules and making sure that they're maintaining they're they're keeping the rules consistent with the times so i absolutely i'm I'm in favor of whatever rule changes they want to make that's great now on the other hand it's no question that this is Spielberg really wanting to preserve the old ways of doing things. And in that way, I'm in complete agreement with Chris. Why are we Why are we trying to preserve the way things were done 50 years ago? It's not 50 years ago anymore. The internet is here. Even though I want to see Netflix films in theaters, there's no question that they are films. The, the, the whole, is it a TV movie? Is it a film? That's an artistic question. We know the difference between a TV movie and a film, artistically speaking. But just releasing in theaters doesn't, that's not the inherent difference between a TV movie and a film. So if you want to address that somehow, you got to address it artistically. But I don't, you can't make rules to determine, well, this is what artistically makes a TV movie. And this, it just, it just doesn't work that way. So I think that's a kind of a, a silly thing. You know, a lot of people have pointed out that Spielberg's, the, the rule change that he is rumored to propose about a four week qualifying run instead of one week. People have said that that will hurt indie filmmakers and minority filmmakers that it'll cost more to qualify for the Oscars. So we'll see fewer of these smaller films, minority filmmakers at the Oscars. I just don't think that's the truth at all because I can't think of films in years past, in the past five years, let's say, I can't think of a single film outside foreign films and documentaries that got nominated at the Oscars that would have a hard time qualifying, maintaining this four-week qualification. Exactly. It, it doesn't hurt. I don't see how this hurts anybody. It, it hurts Netflix for them not being able to release day and date, so I understand that, but even so... Spielberg is being really hypocritical here with his 
proposed rule change. He's mad that, that Netflix is gaming the system, releasing for one week only, and then just releasing to Netflix. Well, you know who else games the system like this? Spielberg himself, just last year, or in 2017 with The Post, he released for one week only, at the, the last week of the year, and then he, a few weeks later, released The Post wide, and he qualified for the Oscars, he gamed the system. So filmmakers do this all the time. It's not just Netflix. So I think this this kind of pointed battle against Netflix is, is pretty hypocritical. So I don't know. I'm super like I see yeah. pros and but cons on both sides. Wouldn't though Spielberg inadvertently fix two problems with this rule? So I agree with you, Daniel. It's always bothered me that the one week release window could be gamed so yeah. easily, yeah. especially because what it what it typically means is that most of America cannot see a lot of these nominated films until the Academy Awards are are over yeah. because they're not getting a wide release until later. With this rule, it would not only require these indie films to release longer, but it would also require the big films mm-hmm. to stay in theaters longer. Yeah. And I think the byproduct of that is is good. Um, I, th- I, don't, I just don't understand why Netflix, I feel like they're missing a, an opportunity to still get a really tight release window if they just said, okay, then we're going to release a movie that's an Academy Award nominee for four weeks and the day of week number five starts, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It, I don't, it yeah, accomplishes I don't see a problem both things. I don't understand yeah. why that's a, why that's a problem because you're right. We talked about it on the show. I tried my best to see Roma mm-hmm. and the closest it was it ever got to me was three hours away and it was only there for two days. And so I could, I just couldn't see it yeah. in the theater. Yeah. It's a really, and, and we should say, obviously Netflix, it, I, I agree with what Chris was saying. Like it's the 21st century guys. We've, we, we have the internet, we have, we have streaming platforms. Things are different now. And so that's something that we should, we should, yes, we should be preserving theatrical release, but we should also be embracing new ways of releasing things. And so Agreed. Netflix, the, 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 the good thing about Netflix among many other things is that they're, they're single-handedly saving the mid budget drama. That's, that's something that was dying off. Those films weren't making money. So studios weren't making them as much anymore they were only making a couple oscar releases and that's about it this is where netflix is thriving and so they're really doing a lot to to kind of save this whole genre of film and they happen to also be films that could qualify for the oscars and that's great personally i i think spielberg is really sounding uh, really too old-fashioned trying to preserve something that's gone already but i also don't disagree with the the rule he's proposed so i i don't know i'm i don't really i'm mixed on this I really want to argue with you, but I think it's stupid. I really do. <laughs> I think it's dumb. I really do. I, I think the problem here is that it's the old industry wants the Oscars back yeah. and they want it the way it was. And so let them have it. Fine. But I that's fine with me. But I think there should other there should be a space where we honor all good films. And if that's not the Oscars, it should be somewhere else. That is my well, argument. The, the the idea i guess let me ask you daniel what's the closest thing we have in your opinion to an awards whether it be the the sags or the pgas or or what is it that is in your opinion the closest to rewarding actual merit and it's not just primarily a marketing engine because the the academy awards oh, yeah. are is yeah, that, I, 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 sure. yeah i don't disagree with that at all totally um i, I don't know it's it's hard to answer that because inherently uh, unless they're like a brand new awards show that pops up, inherently any awards show involves campaigning for those awards, right? Like that's just sure. kind of human nature. We were nominated for an award. I want the award. I'm going to fight to get the award. So so I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know that there's a pure way to do it that's unencumbered by marketing. And, un, you know, I, I don't think that's... 
I just don't think that exists. It's definitely the Golden Globes. You missed the. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. You're right. The Globes. It's the Globes. Yeah. So, well, uh, I guess uh, none of us have super strong feelings on this. I feel like I have super strong feelings on this. Well, you just like said you, you just said you don't care. You just said you don't care. What I'm saying is, is that I think it's silly that this is a thing. I think that if if we're going to actually get, it seems like the wrong thing to argue about. It shouldn't be who do we want to exclude. It should be like how can we include more. And I feel like I don't Steven disagree, Spielberg yeah. is saying how do we exclude people. That's the wrong attitude to have about any of this it should be how do we include how can we write this rule so that it's clear but it also includes artists independents digital artists all the the whole gambit why do we have to exclude just because of a silly dumb time rule that just seems you, silly to you me. boiled your argument down very well just now i i really agree with what you just said i think including everybody I, that's great I, I appreciate the way you boiled that down i totally totally agree we should be fighting for inclusion yeah, 100%. Oh, come on. That nobody is excluded <laughs> from the Academy Awards. It's not like that's they're not, like your true. movie is too small or yet your, that's your budget true. wasn't a certain level, but it's it needs to be in a theater, okay? And if you want their prize, then you got to play by their rules. Well, and if I, you don't I, want their prize, then bounce. I don't disagree with you, and that's what I'm saying. The Oscars needs to say, this is what we are. It's, there's a turning point right now, and they there's a war raging on what is the Oscar, what it make, what is a movie. We've talked about this. What makes a movie? They need to decide on that, and then I'm fine. I, like I said, let the Oscars be that thing. If that's what they're going to be, that's fine. But right now, it's very ambiguous, and I think that's what Steven Spielberg doesn't like. That's what's kind of difficult for Netflix and Hulu and uh, Amazon to all kind of understand and get. So let's define that, and if it's not inclusive of these other things then let's do something else i'm fine with that but if it is yay here we go let's make it happen captain there we go all right fair enough i think uh, i think we've covered this subject very well so i don't know when the academy board of governors is meeting i think it's this week sometime uh so by the time we release the episode we might even have an answer i don't know this is only going to be decided by the board of governors not by the academy as a whole so um some filmmakers like ava duvernay have tweeted out uh that uh, in support of netflix and and saying she hopes because she's not on the board of governors she's only in the academy itself so she hopes that there are kind of voices that that speak to all of this so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out um, and we all know that once the academy makes a decision on something <laughs> that it's it's that that's the way it stays. <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go yeah yep very well all right and with that we are going to move into our review of how to train your dragon 3 the hidden world this is Berk, son. It was the home of your grandparents and their grandparents before them. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. And I believe it's your destiny to one day find this hidden world. And that was from the trailer of How to Train Your Dragon the hidden world this is the conclusion to the breakout trilogy how to train your dragon with jay baruchel and it stars hiccup and toothless it spawned an animated series on netflix merchandise so 
This is the conclusion to that trilogy. Uh, the IMDb description is as follows. When Hiccup discovers Toothless isn't the only Night Fury, he must seek the hidden world, a secret dragon utopia, before a hired tyrant named Grimmel finds it first. So here's what I want to ask you guys. Mm. What were your feelings on the first two? And do you feel that How to Train Your Dragon, the Hidden World, wraps up this trilogy in a worthwhile way? Daniel, let's start with you. Uh, so my history with the first two films, I actually didn't see either of those in theaters. Um, I, somehow I just kind of missed them and so caught up with them on uh, home video or whatever. I love them. I think they're great. I think they're really, really great. I think this this series is weirdly kind of underrated. People don't really talk or at least I don't hear people talking about this series. It's all critically acclaimed. They all made money, but I also feel like they just kind of went under the radar of pop culture somehow. And maybe that's just my experience. I don't hear people talking about it, but uh, I, w- I wouldn't call these necessarily popular, but this was my first one seeing it in theaters. I really love this series a lot. I think it's weirdly mature for an animated series. They all feel very mature, still appealing to kids and still funny and goofy, but really em- emotionally mature. And so I think that continues with this third with this third uh, entry in the series. Uh, I feel like it, this this tackles really really mature themes of growing up, moving on, letting go, and I think all those things were really deep, and it really moves moved me. Just like the the second film especially moved me. This one kept that up. There's still a lot for kids there. It's still stunning animation, beautiful worlds that feel lived in and interesting and kind of unique. The characters are funny and colorful, but for me. My enjoyment comes from the the satisfying story. It, it, the series feels like it really let the characters grow up. I feel like we don't see that too often, especially in animated films. But the characters felt grown. They were kids in the first uh, in the first film, and now they felt like they were adults and and coming into their own and learning how to how to have their own village together. So emotionally everything's on point if i was to nitpick i feel like this the plot feels super similar to the other movies i mean it's it's the same thing someone wants to kill the dragons burke bands together to defend the dragons something tragic happens and they're all saved and it was kind of the same all that said that's like i said that's a nitpick It, it, it didn't feel different but the character development is really great the world just feels so unique and so interesting and and really Ultimately, the end, without going into spoilers, is just very, very satisfying and, and actually a conclusion, which which is really uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great movie, a uh, wonderful series, and uh, a great trilogy as a whole. All right. Wonderful series, a great trilogy, a worthwhile conclusion. Chris, do you agree or do you think that How to Train Your Dragon 3 should just burn and die? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually really agree with Daniel. I think this series is fantastic. And when you said, Daniel, that you'd see the cultural impact, all I see, I, all I really know are my kids. And they love, love, love not only the series of films, but also the Netflix series. Um, it is yeah. almost a, a day and date. Uh, as soon as it hits Netflix, uh, they're watching the new season. Uh, of of uh, race to the edge um, and it is just it's really good like you said it's mature it is not it's not fluffy uh, and it's storytelling uh, they are really trying to tackle important issues in the second film spoilers for that one the dad dies doesn't come back uh, there are real consequences the the characters have interpersonal connections that actually feel real specifically toothless with hiccup thank you i couldn't think of the, the silly name that connection that they have is really incredible and like you said the end of this film is unbelievably great it kind of brought a tear to my eye just because you know 
I'm a dad. And this is really all about family. It's about friendship. It's about doing life together as a culture and trying to train people and keep people safe. And it's just, it's really, I think, wonderful and mature. Um, But when I say mature, I mean, not like inappropriate mature, but more like Hey, we're not going to to sugarcoat this. This is going to be something that is that is powerful and impactful, uh, and actually is trying to say something to you. And I think that is very unique. Uh, the series has done a great job with that. It, it does always have a good message. Sure, the plot is not necessarily when you boil it down like you did, Daniel. Where you say, but that can be. You can do that with any movie you know what i mean you can boil down the plot say bad guy wants thing gets thing sadness you know good guys triumph yes that's true but i think the way that they do it and the the relationships that are built and how those those relationships change throughout these three films is kind of masterful and uh, i really quite enjoyed this this third one and i've got a feeling there's going to be a fourth one. Maybe not with these characters, but there's no way they'll just let this go. So that's two very positive reviews. I am going to take it even a step further. And I'm going to say this, and I've really had time to reflect on it. I feel like this is one of the strongest trilogies ever made, period, full stop. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and add, add anything you want to throw in there. Star Wars, the original Lord of the Rings. Just go right on down the list of what is considered the greatest trilogies. And I that list is fairly short. I think after you get through four or five or six of those, it's tough to fill out a top ten of great trilogies. And I think that this is on that top ten list. Because the quality from the very first installation to this one, I would... I would say that the third one, in my opinion, is probably the weakest of the three as a self-contained piece, but it is a perfect way to conclude Mm. this trilogy. And so when you take, when I take the trilogy as one solid piece, I'll use your word, Chris, it's masterful. The animation is breathtaking. The aerial sequences are exhilarating. The score is magnificent. The action directing is phenomenal. But all of those things only work because you care about the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless. And then beyond that, as that relationship forms and bonds and then expands to this cast of characters that were originally primarily used for comedic relief, you really start to care about them because they also have arcs. It's one of the great things about this series is that all of the ancillary characters have arcs as well, whether it's, and we should just say spoilers for the first two, whether it's the discovery of Hiccup's mom, how she fits into this world. One of my favorite scenes in the entire trilogy is the dance scene between the mother and the father in How to Train Your Dragon 2. It's just the perfect representation of all of these things coming together, the technical craft, the writing, the story arcs of the characters, and it makes you love them, which is why with this movie in particular, you can nitpick this one more than others. I think the villain in this movie is pretty unremarkable. What is happening is kind of uninteresting. 
because we've seen it before, but it has moments of beauty. Uh, you have this this whole idea of they're leaving their home to save their home, and through that they discover that what really makes a home and what makes a community is not where we are, but it's that we're together and we're fun. It's such a wonderful yep. and positive message that's beautifully represented and beautifully rendered, yes. and the action is still great. The animation, these dragons look unlike anything that's out there just from a pure technical standpoint such a unique take on these characters the personality through the dragons and then the the overall message of sometimes having to let go of what you have because it is a part of what you need to do to grow up and to move into your own life and your own family on both sides of this is beautiful unlike Chris who got a little tear in his eye at the ending of this movie yeah I I cried quite a bit and I was I saw this with my son Cole and he looked he looked at me he said daddy are you okay I'm like fine stop <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. look at me all right I may have lied a little bit yes I openly wept and okay no, no, no. I mean because I was gonna say that's remarkable restraint if you just cried a little tear It is such a beautiful, fitting conclusion. And normally, without spoiling anything, because I don't know that we'll get into spoilers on this one, normally the the coda after where you think the movie is going to end would be annoying. But to me, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. The, the, The way that they wrapped this up and they showed us what has happened in these characters' lives was just absolutely delightful. So even though this one is my least favorite of the three, I mean, you look back on Rotten Tomatoes, the first one still sits at a 98%, and part two has a 92, and this one has a 91. So these are critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. I think the the bummer for me is that they didn't make more money because they're not huge, massive successes, which is strange to me because this is this is pixar level stuff and beyond as far as the quality i hope they don't make another one and if they do i just hope it's a completely different cast of characters in the universe because i'm not sure that you could bring anything else new to this story Mm -hmm. it feels like a story that's been told yeah i agree how how is that how does the show kind of i know it's like a netflix thing so it's not probably as high quality but how how does it measure up like is it enjoyable yeah, it's good. It takes place in between one and two, so the dad is still around. Okay. Um, and uh, but you know, it's meant for younger kids, so yeah. it, it it sits there nicely for where the characters are at as well. And it's more of an adventure, you know, them trying to learn how to you know train the dragons well and all that kind of stuff, which makes sense. I mean, there's there's huge gaps in between these these yeah. films, and so it it does a it does a pretty good job of that. I mean, I haven't watched every episode. I've just been kind of a casual observer. My children, I think there's four seasons or something mm. like that. There's a there's a significant amount of them. My kids love them. I would I would not say that they're up to the same caliber. They're a television show, but yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Chris. Cole loves loves that show. It's a, definitely a lot more silly, yes. uh, on purpose. But I think the animation quality is pretty strong, especially yeah. for a for a Netflix show. Yes, so. and they don't have the. I don't even know. I don't think they have this even the same actors. I think they're all like, um, you know, just they sound like them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do agree with you, Chad. I think this this is a fantastic trilogy. There aren't many trilogies so sure i mean i I would throw them on i throw that on there i think these movies are charming they are really well done they're they're crafted great and the new characters in this film specifically the what is it the they call it the light fury i i i that whole sequence of moving on and growing up and all that stuff is 
I was like, oh no, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this right now? Because, you know, you don't, I want my kids to stay young. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's, it's, it's crazy. It is, it is really well crafted no matter what viewpoint you're coming at, whether you're a six year old or a 36 year old. uh, I think there's something here for you or a 96 year old. I think you're going to enjoy these films. So you heard it here first, folks. If you haven't seen the latest installment of How to Train Your Dragon, it is a worthy conclusion. It gets the screener stamp of approval. Three big thumbs up from us. You are going to love it. But right now, I am super excited to talk about our top five most anticipated films of 2019. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, well, here we are, March of 2019, and, you know, the films keep coming, guys. So we've got a lot coming up. Summer, obviously, some big films. Um, And, of course, fall always releases some of those Oscar contenders. And in the winter, we've got other big-budget action films. So I'm very curious to find out what you guys are most excited about in 2019. Just like Chad said, the top five most anticipated films. So let's start with number five. Daniel, what do you put at your number five most anticipated film of this year? So before I have a disclaimer for my list, there is a movie coming out in December mm. that is, I don't want to spoil anybody else's lists, but it's so massive and so obvious that I took it off my list because it was almost a waste of a spot. See, I didn't. So I didn't. So, <laughs> so I, I'm not just ruin. trying to find a way to cheat the system so he can are, do six. So hang on. Five. Are we all going to do that and I'll just knock it off? Or, or does everybody have that as, I mean, does everybody it's have that? It's on my list. It's on my list too. I'll leave you guys. I'll leave you guys to your list. I mean, of course uh, it's on my list. Of course. It, it may be pretty high on my list. In yeah. fact, it might be super <laughs> high on my list. Are we talking about Dumbo? What are yes, we talking about? Dumbo, yes, Dumbo, okay. obviously. So. So, so that movie you won't find on my list. So just uh, not, you know, I'm not going to spoil what that movie is in case you guys just are, are <laughs> curious. But uh, so at number five, uh, you know, I I obviously follow the Oscars every year. I just wrote uh, no. an article for Next Best Picture uh, looking forward to Oscar contenders this year. So I've been looking forward to these Oscar contenders. So number five on my list is Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan uh, Reynolds. No, obviously I'm joking about the Oscar contender part, but I'm 1,000% serious that this is number five on my list. I am so <laughs> wow. excited for Detective Pikachu. That movie looks oh, wow. great. That movie looks so good. And I, uh, I, I never watched Pokemon at all. But that movie looks phenomenal. It looks hilarious. It looks weird. Uh, the visual effects look stunning. I'm I'm 100% in for Detective you just Pikachu. Said Detective Pikachu looks phenomenal. Oh, it is looks what Daniel yes, said. yes. All right, I'm it hold looks you to phenomenal. It. It might be this year's. What was the movie last year that we were all surprised? Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. It might be this year's Oscar-winning Oscar-winning film. Not that I think Detective Pikachu is winning any Oscars, to be clear. But want to go out on a limb now, Daniel, and go ahead and predict it? Best Picture 2019, (laughs) Detective Pikachu. All right, we're going to move on really quick from that. Uh, Chad, what's your number five, man? Daniel, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Oscars have burned and died for 2019. <laughs> oh, shoot. They're so dead? I thought I should let you know that. They're Dang dead. Dang it. They've literally died, so I just thought you should oh, know that. Wow. Pikachu. So, <laughs> pika, pika. Oh, yeah, my, that's what it, it is. It gets better. It gets better. Um, my number five is one that comes purely out of my love of Superman. 
I figure at this point, if we can't get a good Superman, we should get a new take on that character, even though it's not really called that. And that movie is Brightburn. Now, I'm going to go out and say this movie could be terrible. I'm just saying it could be terrible. James Gunn, however, is producing this movie. Yeah. And it's a simple it's a simple tweak to the origin story. A baby lands on Earth from the stars above and reveals he grows into these superpowers. Elizabeth Banks stars as his adoptive mother, but the story is what would happen if Superman grew up and was not good. And so this entire film is based around the horrific possibility that a superhero would come to Earth and then would be evil. Could be a sci-fi disaster, but I am always down for all things Superman. So guilty pleasure for me. It's it's Brightburn. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, I so, said it could be terrible, guys. Don't laugh at me. No, it's great. I, I, I think you guys are going to laugh at my entire list because, look, these are the things that Chris likes, okay? So just just settle back. There are no Oscar contenders on my list. Number five for me, I'm easily swayed by marketing, and I've not laughed so hard in a trailer in a very long time as I did in the new Hellboy trailer. Um, and that is number five for me. The Red Band trailer. Have you guys watched the Red Band trailer for for Hellboy? I nope. have not. Oh, I'll watch trailers. Oh, do you watch trailers, Daniel? I do. I just haven't seen that one. Okay, you should you should watch the Red Band trailer for Hellboy. It is unbelievably hilarious. Uh, there's one line in it that I. I laughed out loud and I just rewound and watched it again a couple times. Like I just, I was having such a great time. This is David Arbor who was in um, Stranger Things. He plays the uh, the sheriff in Stranger Things. He is the Hellboy in, in the Hellboy role. Uh, Mila Jovovich plays like the evil queen. Ian Shane, McShane, I'm sorry, is the kind of leader of the, the organization uh, that Hellboy works for. Look, I think this thing looks amazing. It looks epic. It could be really, really great. It's a different take uh, than what uh, we've been given before. Uh, it's not trying to be what was before. And uh, for that, I am intrigued and excited because I do love this character and I love the films that came before it. And I think this is going to be a, a pretty great new fresh take on it. So anyway, I'm, we'll see. I'm, I'm nervous about that. I'm really, I, I really, right. yeah, I hope you're right. I really want it to be yeah. good because I, I think it, I think that and, the trailers look good, but it looks like it's trying to be Deadpool a little bit too much. That's what I'm worried about. I hope it doesn't try oh. too hard to be Deadpool. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. That's it's hard to say. I don't think so. I don't think that's the 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 feeling there. You need to watch the trailer. Uh, yes, I agree with you that there's some tongue in cheek, but I think this is much more. It's it's going to be fun, uh, but I believe it's also going to be a, a really kind of violent. Uh, amazing thing. It's just rated R too. The other films, yeah. I believe, are rated PG-13, so we're getting some kind of more hard-hitting stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's move on to our number four. Daniel, what say you? So much much like Chad's pick, this is one that I'm not, I, I'm not excited for it because of uh, I know it's going to be amazing. I'm just more curious with this one. My number four, I'm I don't necessarily think it's going to be good. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be any good at all, but I'm just just so fascinated that this movie is apparently going to come out. And that's Joker. It's Todd Phillips's 
take on Joker yeah. starring Joaquin Phoenix, which Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker is a phenomenal casting choice. Mind blowing. Oh, no. Is but, it? I don't, we, we don't know. I this know. Is not a, this is it, not on my list simply because I've not seen a single thing from it yet. That's the only oh, reason why this isn't. There were actually a shocking amount of set photos. It was like uh, full videos and all that. Oh yeah. I've seen all that, but I just mean like there's nothing from the actual film. Right. Itself. Right. So yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that movie's going to be terrible, but I, I, it's just so weird, and it's, like, disconnected from the whole DC universe. It's just weird. So it had to be on my list because I just – I'm fascinated that this movie is going to come out this year, apparently. And so uh, I'm very interested to see what that looks like. I, I think Todd Phillips is a weird choice for director, too. So I don't know. No doubt. It, it, had to be, it had to be on the list, though. No, I, I, I really do like that, and I, I, I have it on my – I think I made eight films or nine films. It's definitely on there. I, I really want this thing to be good. Mm-hmm. And I, the the head of DC has already stated that they are just going to be letting creators do their own thing, like I've been saying for a long time. So, like, you're going to see these completely separate movies from DC. You're going to get completely different stuff. Sometimes Which is wise, together, considering the universe won't. sucked so bad. Right. But, I mean, Aquaman is one of the most successful movies True. of all time. Yeah. Um, so like they can't, they're not going to just get rid of that. So they're going to, this is going to be this discombobulated. It's going to be anyway. a mess, man. It's going to be a mess. All right. Well, I'm excited for that too. And I hope it's great. So Chad, what, what about you? What's number four? I feel like I have to say that again, these are not necessarily what I think are going to be the best movies. <laughs> just, just, these embrace are it. just embrace that it. I'm excited about. Listen, shut up. So, this is 100% solely based off of James Mangold doing Logan and him, the trajectory of the stuff that he's been directing getting better and better. And that's Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. So I think this looks phenomenal because Mangold, whether he's doing a Western or a superhero flick or whatever, he did Walk the Line, which I loved. So I think him going back to biopics is makes a lot of sense. I think the story is intriguing. You got Christian Bale and Matt Damon in the in the main roles. I think this is going to be phenomenal. So I, I absolutely cannot wait to see this movie. Yes, that, that made my honorable, uh, honorable mentions. Uh, that sounds like a phenomenal project. Definitely going to be an Oscar contender if it's good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Super excited have, for that one. Have we seen anything from that? Is there a trailer or anything? No, nope, right? just just all description in the cast. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds great. I mean, I, I, I saw that on the list of things that are coming out, and I'm like, oh, man, this sounds like yeah up my alley. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll it's see like biopic, but also like action-driven. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds like an awesome combination. Could, Could be great. Cool. All right, so you mentioned uh, Deadpool uh, for my last pick. Well, that is the reason why I am picking my next pick. Detective uh, Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> no. Uh, the director, uh, Tim Miller's newest film coming out is the next Terminator film. I mean, this is um, James Cameron back in the writer's room. He was there for the entire writing process of this movie. How did uh, that work on Alita? Ooh. I'm sorry. I don't think Please he was continue. in the writer's room for Alita. I think he was a he wrote, he wrote Alita. He wrote it. He wrote okay, it. well, here, here's the thing. I don't I want enjoyed to Alita. begrudge you your happiness. Go. I enjoyed Alita. I enjoyed Alita. It just was the wrong story. I mean, that's what I said before. I think it was... Anyway, so... Here's here's what I'll say about this is that we haven't seen anything for it from it yet, but Linda the the set not the set photos but the official photos from the film with Linda Hamilton, Mackenzie Davis. But anyway, it is the most awesome looking 
this this film looks amazing. Um, I hope it's good. I love Terminator. Terminator Two is probably my number one or number two favorite. No, it is my number two favorite film of all time. We've got I was Jurassic about to say, Park. Whoa, are you about <laughs> to got Terminator Two? Jurassic Park? No, uh, Jurassic Park and Terminator Two. They they they're definitely close, and it's just for my love for the series. So. Terminator, whatever they call this, the rumor says it's going to be called Dark Fate, which I think is really Ooh, dumb. Yikes. Um, but Terminator 6, whatever it is, I hope it's good. Great cast, awesome director, and it could be it could be a lot of fun, but who knows? We'll see what happens. It'll probably I hope be you're terrible, right. but it could be great. All right, uh, so let's move to number – these are top three now. Here we are, ladies mm, and gentlemen. Top three. Daniel, number three. Well, when you follow movies really closely, like a lot of us do, uh, it I find it hard to be surprised by movies. Like I generally know what's coming out. I know like what Detective what Pikachu, man. Detective yeah, Pikachu. That one caught me off guard. I generally know what big directors are doing and stuff like that. So a trailer came out a couple uh, a few weeks ago called Yesterday, and this is Danny Boyle's next film written by Richard Curtis and it caught me completely off guard and it is exactly my type of movie. It's a, it's about a guy who he's a struggling musician gets hit by a bus. When he wakes up, the Beatles never existed. He starts playing their songs and all of a sudden he's a, he's an overnight success because he's, he's playing the Beatles songs and nobody knows what the Beatles are. So it just looks so fun. So charming, uh, all, all music driven and yeah it just looks like a phenomenal project that i had no idea existed like three weeks ago and now it's one of my most anticipated movies of the year it comes out this summer i believe it just looks super fun so yeah yesterday is one of my most anticipated interesting yep. yeah i don't think i've actually seen or heard of that so cool great all right chad number three my number three is also the joker and i don't care i i am a hundred percent all you got to do is tell me Joaquin Phoenix, and then show me that picture of him in that ridiculous-looking makeup, and I'm in. I don't care who's directing it. (laughs) I don't care who's writing it. I think Phoenix is one of the most interesting actors working today, and so if he's going to play the Joker, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, it could be a train wreck, or it could be magnificent, and either way, it will be endlessly entertaining, I am sure. So I'm in. It's my number three. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's very good. All right, uh, let's see here. Number three for me would be Jordan Peele's new film, Us. All right. Um, man, I, I, really, I really had a great time with, um, I can't, I'm blanking on it. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out, thank you. I wanted to say The Sunken Place. Uh, that's not the name <laughs> of the film. Um, I think he is fascinating. I'm excited about his new series, The Twilight Zone, coming yes. out on on CBS and yeah. All Access. I, I I find it fascinating uh, what he's done with his career, and I find his style to be really watchable, very fresh uh, on things that seemingly were old and like you know the horror franchise seems done but he brings a, some fresh eyes and some interesting and this this trailer for us just looks nuts oh, it's looks crazy insane and i hope it lives up to the insanity of that trailer so number three for me is jordan peele's us i think I a turned lot that trailer off like 30 seconds after it started because yeah. i normally only watch t- teasers in the first one yeah and like 30 seconds it was like i gotta stop i mean <laughs> i'm so in i don't know where this is going but i'm I, in i genuinely think this film would Yes, I think I should. I wish I would not have even seen yeah. the trailer for it because I, I know 
it's not ruining the plot of the film, but at the same time, I wish I wouldn't have known that much. I should have just known I'm in because of Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'm in. no doubt. I think a lot of people are going to be set up for disappointment with this film because Get Out was just this massive thing yep. that spiraled into Oscar success after a February release. It's just this wild thing that changed so much. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when it's not Get Out, but I'm not expecting an Oscar film. I'm not expecting any of that. I just want this nuts, bonkers horror movie that is promised by the trailer, and I'll be satisfied. Yeah, exactly. If it gives us just that, I'm going to be happy. If it's more than that, which I guess I am kind of anticipating (laughs) that it will be, uh, that would be even better. Okay. All right, number two, Daniel. Uh, Number two, I have a film called Knives Out. Uh, So this is Ryan Johnson's follow-up to The Last Jedi. Obviously not a Star Wars film. It's an original film uh, that the the only description we really have is that it's described as an Agatha Christie-style murder mystery. And it stars Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Tony Collette, Anna DeArmas, Christopher Plummer, and more. And... I don't need anything else. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Wow, I'm I didn't in. know anything. That's amazing. Yes, and it I'm comes in. out It comes out Thanksgiving, and so it could even be an Oscar movie. It's yet to be seen if it's like an Oscar movie or just like a popcorn thing. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I'm fully in either way. I love Ryan Johnson's directing style. I yes. think he yep. is so masterful. Like He thinks through his yes. stuff uh, so well. So unique, um, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Looper, oh, man, so good. Like, he's just a master. Like, he knows where he's going. He knows where he's taking you, and it's 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 really great. That's – I did not know. I had not heard, so thank you for uh, – yes. this is a PSA. And, yeah, uh, there you great. go. Chad, number two. In any other year, in any other time, this movie by a country mile <laughs> would be my number one. Yeah. But – with the looming monster that is December coming our way, <laughs> my number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Knew it. I love Quentin Tarantino so, so, so much. And I cannot wait to see what he does. Uh, this movie is not, nece- it's, it's around the time of the Charles Manson murders, but from everything that I've seen as far as uh, the plot, which is available, is that it's not really about that specifically, but more about how the entertainment industry during that time intersected with Charles Manson. And then you throw on top of that, who's who of actors. you got Margot Robbie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Dakota Fanning, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino, Timothy Oliphant, Rumor Willis, Kurt Russell, James Marsden, Tim Roth, Emil Hirsch. I mean, come on. And wow. Luke Perry, we should say, mm-hmm. today, who we just learned tragically passed away at the age of 52. That cast is un believable and I, I have a feeling this could be my favorite movie of the year mm-hmm. even though it still falls in at number two for my most anticipated I cannot wait to see this movie wow yes absolutely that sounds great that cast Al Pacino is- directed by Quentin Tarantino come on yeah, and then also, what do we? That, that we do have what is it called? The Irishman too. That's coming out uh, this year, and I'm, that's not yeah. my number two, but um, that is fascinating. I didn't even think about that until you just began to talk about all this stuff. So yeah. that could be interesting. All right, my number two is it, chapter two. Oh yeah, um, great pick. I loved uh, it that came out. What was that? Almost two and a half years ago now, I guess. Great pick. Um, and it was so good. It was rich. It was well made it was scary it was 
all the things. It was, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I really had a good time with that movie. And I cannot wait to see this cast for It Chapter 2 looks insane as well. And I just, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm ready to uh, to jump back in with James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain and Bill Skarsgård again, of course. Bill Hader. I mean, come on. I mean, this is going to so be yeah, this is going to be pretty great. So, so good. Chapter Two of It is my number two pick. All right, Daniel. Here we are. Number one, most anticipated. What is it? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, Yay! Man, it feels like it feels cliche or obvious that that Tarantino should should be at the top of this list but it's been true for 20 years he's one of the greatest filmmakers who's ever. who's ever lived and he's never made a truly bad movie uh and so i mean anything he does i'm going to be in and then you add on uh the, the the plot it's Tarantino making a movie about 60s and 70s hollywood i mean unbelievable and then the cast like exactly like chad said i mean this movie is nuts margot robbie plays sharon tate i mean this movie is going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be nuts. Uh, so I, I'm really hoping it's not like too hyped up because everything about it is perfect. Leonardo DiCaprio plays a fading TV star. Brad Pitt is his stunt double. Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> this is awesome. It's going to be so good. So, yeah, that is easily my number one most anticipated movie of the year. Nice. Nice. All right, Chad. Um, I have a feeling we have the same number one. So on the count of three, let's just say it together. Are you ready? I'm okay. ready. Okay, three, two, one. Detective Velvet Pikachu. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, yes, Chad. you know what it is. I can't. I can't deny it's episode nine. Yep. Yep. I, I want. I I think it's actually a perfect scenario <laughs> with JJ coming back. Come on, because he's the king of fan service. Yes, yeah. he understands. The outcry of the idiots that didn't, didn't consider, <laughs> yeah, I said it, the the Last Jedi. I'm with you. Um, magnificent. And so I think he's going to be a perfect kind of blending of the continuation of the story, but he's also going to give us some Luke Skywalker being B.A. Luke Skywalker, I'm hoping. And then everybody will hopefully walk away happy, but they won't. whatever they happens, won't. <laughs> I just... I. I don't know how I could be more excited about seeing yep. this movie. I am more excited because of what the Jedi, Last Jedi was, even than I, when I was going into the Last Jedi. So it, obviously, it has to be, it has to be that. It just feels so soon to finish this trilogy. It feels like we're just getting started, and here we are at the end. So it will yeah. be very interesting to see how this is all wrapped up, how we take you know the bits from the first and second films and actually give us this fully fleshed out. Because I have no idea where the story is going. Like the, the end yeah. of Last Jedi, I feel like go if anywhere. that was the last one, it could go. I mean, it could go anywhere. It really there is no like uh, obvious path. So, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm ready. It is my number one as well. I am ready for this. I, I feel like I shouldn't watch any of the trailers, but I'm going to oh, watch yeah. them all. I'm going to oh. dissect them all. I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna nerd out for the next however long, nine months that we have waiting for this film to come out in December. So I wonder when um, a trailer is actually going to come out. Uh, it's, you know, we're only nine months away. Uh, I well, I've got a feeling it'll be a while. Yeah, I think, don't they, there's like a Star Wars uh, That's right. event yeah, like Disney Disney does that. Disney does D23. They normally do something that Disney knows how to market their films and Star um, Wars Celebration, that's what it's called. Yeah. The yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars Celebration. Celebration. I don't I don't know when it is, but yeah. I thought I thought the the movie that I took off my list that's coming out in December. I thought it was, it was all going to be Cats that we were all excited for. The, the I mean, musical. it is. Some things oh. don't have to be said, Daniel. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's what I left off of my list. <laughs> 
All right. Well, look, there are our top five, some films I'm sure you have seen trailers for or posters for, and some perhaps you have not. You know, kind of keep those in the back of your head. Know that there's a lot coming this year, and we can't wait to talk about all of them right here on the Screeners Podcast. All right, guys. Well, as always, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to be giving you up-to-date new, up news about the latest films and television and other stuff going on in the industry. Hey, listen, speaking of Facebook, a couple of weeks back, we put out that we were looking for a brand new female co-host for the screeners, and she's going to be joining us next week for our Captain Marvel review. You may have noticed that Melody hasn't been around lately, and that's just because she's got a lot going on in her life, and she's, of course, going to be joining us here and there whenever she can, but we're excited to welcome a brand new female co-host, you know, a female voice in this land of male nerds. So join us next time on the Screeners Podcast. See you guys. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the Screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.